When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. To the people that have done this, your time is running out. You will be found and you will be dragged before court. The small businesses we know in every sector that are being hit here. Do we want all those local little cafes gone? Our differences should be celebrated. It's something to embrace. Different backgrounds, different races. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. I think this is kind of the day when people start to panic just a little bit. Do you know who I always think about is the people who've been telling you confidently with a kind of a smoke smirk on their face since about the end of <clears throat> October that they're oh they're all set for the Christmas all set for the Christmas no you're not if you were all set for the Christmas it wouldn't have taken me 25 and a half minutes to get from the bank on Douglas Road the AIB bank there to get from there to Circle K Garage if you were all set for the Christmas it wouldn't have taken me that long yesterday afternoon 25 and a half minutes to get down that couple of hundred yards so forget about it this is day one of panic stations and lastminute.com now lastminute.com gets a reprieve this year it's easy are you lastminute.com or do you have everything done can anyone confidently tell me that they have everything done and everything ready and everything bought and everything prepared and everything wrapped and can just sit in their backside with a mince pie and a cuppa for the next couple of days? I bet you not. Good morning, 0818, because no, we're up the walls. 0818 96 96 96, the number. The text to WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. The email is opinion at 96fm. What we would love for the next couple of days is a chance to sit down with a pencil and paper and the aforementioned mince pie and maybe plan what's on the telly that we're going to watch. I mentioned yesterday the Royal Family Christmas specials. There's a bunch of them. They're absolutely marvellous. They're just great. The one with the frozen turkey. We think it's called the new sofa, but it's the one where the turkey is frozen. And it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And there's other stuff on the telly, which, remember, I was telling this earlier in the month, and then we never got on to do it properly. But they had this big list um, of programs they compiled that were the popular favourites at, at Christmas. And we're wondering if you wanted to add any of them. It was a very British-type list, which is why we wanted to get a, an Irish twist on it, or better still, a Cork twist on it. Is there any programme, any television show, that you've already said, I'm not missing that? Whether I'm going to record it and watch it later, whether I'm going to stream it whenever I want, you can do that now. You can watch something at four in the morning, you feel like watching it at four in the morning. Is there any particular 
television programme or movie <clears throat> that you're not going to miss this Christmas. Like Derry Girls, you're bound to pop up this little gem from Derry Girls over the Christmas. Mummy, we can make a point. Not the Christmas cupboard. We've had the very tonics, Mary. Animals, a lot of you. We needed energy for our poetry. I give you energy for your poetry. We were just going to take a handful of chocolate money, Mary, but then one thing led to another. What am I supposed to do? I'll have to start from scratch now. And December's only round the corner. Now this suits you, doesn't it? Sorry? I've seen you end up that Christmas cupboard. You hooked about in there long before the Wayans did. I stake my life on it. That is simply not true. Let's just salvage what we can. There's only a couple of snowballs left, Mary. It's been an absolute free-for-all. Your mothers will be hearing about this. <laughs> the Christmas cupboard. We all did have a Christmas cupboard going up, I remember that. Then there was the... I know we'll be looking around for this one. It is bound to turn up somewhere over the, over the Christmas. There's the exit. Thank God. God, look at all those people. They definitely see us coming out. Maybe if you actually buy some underpants... That wouldn't look so strange. They're women's underpants. <laughs> Sorry. What's going on? I think Ted has a plan. No, I mean in general. <laughs> oh, I can't find a way out of the laundry section. <laughs> yeah, Ted, Father Ted, there's loads of them. What's your particular favourite? What's the one programme you will not miss over Christmas? I will unashamedly tell you what mine is in a minute. I remember saying it the other night to a friend. I will not miss it. It's the moment of Christmas. It's the proper end to Christmas Day in our house. Christmas Day isn't the same without it. I'll tell you what it is a bit later. But then, Audrey, you and I were talking during the pandemic years about not being able to get home to, to Crosshaven, but you are over in, in Hamburg this year, are you? Morning. Hi, good morning. Yeah, I've um, I've decided to stay this year just simply because we've just been so busy at work yeah. between the football for the last two months yeah. and the Christmas markets. So, yeah, it's been non-stop. Let me get the name of the bar right. Fleet and Kecker. Fleet and Kicker, yeah. Fleet and Kicker in, in Hamburg. In Hamburg. C- can you open, do you have to, or do you open Christmas Day? No, no, no. We always close Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and then we open again at lunchtime on the 26th for the football. Right. What is Christmas like in Hamburg? Oh, it's lovely. Um, it's really, really, really lovely. It's Obviously, we're right in the city centre, and we're the pub is right by the main town square. And obviously full of Christmas markets, and there's a lovely buzz. Yeah, the markets are, are really big nice in Germany, buzz. aren't they? And Hamburg they're is huge. a special yeah, market. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're huge. They're everywhere in in Hamburg. Um, we have, as I say, we're in the city centre, so we have quite a good uh, few markets to choose from. Yeah. Do 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 some bars open Christmas Day? No. Well, yeah. tiny little ones, maybe down your side streets, yeah. might open. Like, is that, is it, as you know, it's the law here at home. They got it closed. Is it the law there? No, you can pretty much open. Like you're given a licensing hours. We're licensed. Our my pub is licensed for twenty two hours. So if I wanted, I could open for twenty two hours. Okay. But obviously, that that's not obviously doable. Right. So um. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much open whenever you want. There's 24 hour bars here yeah, as well. Yeah, and there's no such thing as a Christmas Day closure like there is here at home, no. Not really, no. But a lot of them do close for Christmas Day because Christmas Eve here is the Christmas Day. Yeah, and they they call the 25th the second Christmas Day. Right. 
Right. Yeah, it's there's some countries where where Christmas Eve is the bigger day. So what what do they do there on Christmas Day? Uh, Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve Christmas Eve is they um, obviously have their family dinner in the evening. Uh, I think whereas most of us at home would have it probably lunchtime, mid afternoon, mm. and then they would go to church to go to mass either in the morning or in the evening. And then they would come home and then the children would open their presents at night as opposed to opening them in the morning. I see. I see. And Christmas Day then is kind of recovering from that, is it? or is Christmas it Day a- then is like the second round of the dinner and you might go to your, your aunts or your grandparents right. or they might come to you, mm-hmm. that kind of a thing. Like what we would do on Stephen's Day. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that, yeah. Because Stephen's Day is, is the big day. And then there's a big significance, isn't there, Audrey, in Germany too, uh, the 6th of December. Yeah, the 6th of December is Nikolaus, that's the German Santa Claus. So children would shine their shoes, polish their shoes, their boots, and leave them outside their door. And then Nikolaus would come and leave a gift for them in it. Now, it's only a very a small gift, like a, a chocolates or yeah. a small toy, like a book, like my kids used to get a book or my daughter would get a doll or my son would get a car. Yeah. And then Santa Claus would bring the main gifts, obviously, then on the 24th. Yeah, because the 6th of December, if I remember correctly, is the feast of St. Nicholas. So, and yes, it, right, yeah. Yeah, I remember being in Brussels once on, on, on that day and they make a big deal of it in Belgium too. So what is the traditional Christmas dinner? Would you have your turkey and ham or do you go for something uh, more German? No, they would go... Well, I am doing traditional, um, but normally Germans would do uh, goose or duck. Okay, okay, okay. Goose. With dumplings and gravy and your vegetables. Oh, the dumplings. Are they those lovely little ones you fry in the pan or do you boil them? Or? Uh, well, either are. I normally really? do mine in the slow cooker. All right, okay, okay. So, you, 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 when was the, like, who will you have for the day? In, well, it's just myself, my two kids, and my husband. It's very quiet this year. Yeah. Normally, I would entertain if we were staying, but purely because I've like I went back to work like six days a week for the last two months. Yeah, and I'm just knackered. <laughs> so <laughs> well, it, it's a change, Audrey, from the last time we were talking when the, the pubs were closed or half closed. When I was doing no days a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What will you miss yeah. about Christmas in Crosser, though? Oh, do you know, I just love like walking through Crosser, going down to Centra and meeting who, you know, whoever you know, like not many people know me now, I'm gone so long. But um, it's good cracking the pubs on Christmas Eve. And I love going, I have always have a day up in town by myself. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but hopefully I'll get home in, in uh, springtime. Yeah, yeah, and sit, and sit outside Cronin's maybe for... That's it, yeah. yeah. What is, and I, I help me with this word, is it Fuzzergambol or... Fuzzergambola. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is lethal stuff. <laughs> Fergal uh, tells me that, but I've no idea what it is. It's sugar dripped into rum, hot rum, I think. Uh, I've only ever had one in my life and never again because I, oh, I'll never forget the hangover after it. Um, but yeah, that is lethal, lethal stuff. But Sugary house rum. It sells very well. Like a bit like Long Island iced tea or something, only or, or about a triple Captain Morgan's with. Oh, it's else. so strong, so so strong. Really, because it, it, it literally is neat rum with sugar in it. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Well, if you like rum, 
I mean, absolutely go for it, but I don't like rum. So would you take it in a <laughs> shot or would you sip it or what would you do? No, you'd, it would be in a mug, like um, a, a mug. Yeah, like a, a mug, like what you would have your mulled wine in. Oh, I see. All right. Good Lord. Sounds like yeah. very warming on the day. Oh, I'm sure it is, if that's what you like. But, uh, yeah, not not for me. It's a bit like mulled wine, actually. Mulled wine by, its, by, by itself. And what's the weather like for Christmas there? Um, currently, it's about six degrees. And it's going to it's rained for the whole week. And it's okay. going to rain for the rest of the weekend. Okay, so there'll be no white but, Christmas in Hamburg. Either. Well, we had a white, a white week last week. It was minus 11 with snow. Right, oh. Right. Okay, so, here's your chance. We'll, now. Take, we'll take the rain, the rain. Oh, no, I'll have the snow, thanks. I can't oh, stick no. the rain. I'm kind of by the rain. Anyway, your chance now, Audrey. Who's at home that will you say, how you say no, but will know you. Come on, you're a star in Cross. You're, you're a Crosshaven celebrity. Crosshaven girl done good. And you're married to a television, uh, or you're not married, but you're, you're, you're related I'm to a television related. star. To a television star, yeah. We'll tell him that uh, in a minute. Uh, just everyone at home, my parents, my sister down across Haven, my aunties and uncles in Fennels Bay and all my cousins up in Carrigaline yeah. and a good friend of mine, Bobby, who always listens to the show as well. We sometimes text each other. Did you hear what she said? Did you hear what he said? <laughs> uh, she's, uh, she's, uh, she's up in St. Luke's. Oh, so, right. Bobby, I think I think you might be listening, Bobby. Um, Bye, Bobby. I'll, I'll be expecting the text message in a minute. And uh, to Jennifer, who works with us and is from Cork. And um, Jennifer, if you're listening, please don't forget my clanicilty sausages and soda bread on the way back. Okay. Now, you are related to it. Now, it's one of my favourite shows. And I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you, but it is one of my favourite shows. But you're related to a major star on a major American television show. Tell us. Yeah, Jane, uh, Jane, Jane Leaves. Yeah. She was in, she played Daphne the Maid in Frasier for many years. Right. And she's now playing Dr. Kidvas in The Resident, yeah. which I think you watch on Sky, I think, at home. Yeah, it's on season six. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah it's really, really, really successful, really, really successful. So Yeah, it's a great show. And I would recommend it strongly over the Christmas if anyone wants to catch up on the last few seasons. They're all out there somewhere. Have you a particular favourite that you will want to watch over the Christmas? Not really. I don't really watch much TV, to be honest with you. Um, I think uh, we like Gavin and Stacey. Okay. okay. Uh, in this house. Their, their like Christmas specials are kind of famous as well. Yeah, and we like the Santa Claus movies. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. How old, how old so are think, the, how old the kids? Well, they're, they're grown up now. They're 21 and 15. Which means they like Santa even more. Exactly. <laughs> Audrey, have a wonderful Christmas. And and you, PJ, lovely to talk to. Take care, as always. That's Audrey Leaves, who runs Fleet and Kicker. It's a bar in Hamburg in Germany, and she's originally from Crosshaven. 0818 96 96 96. We'll be looking at the Christmas highlights on television tomorrow with Crossy. That's for the new stuff that's coming up this Christmas. But for the classic stuff, Looking for your suggestions. What what in particular will you not miss? The, what is it that I won't miss? We will not, and I mean it. Christmas night in our house, when the dinner is put away and we're sitting down there, tired, and maybe have had a drink or two. You know yourself now. Would not miss. Just would not miss this. It, Christmas Day wouldn't be the same without it. With without this particular one. Hello, boys. Hey, man. 
it's freezing now. I know, love. Want a cup of tea? No, nah, we just had coffee. Oh, we're in the middle of decorating the salon. Here, Dino, show Mammy our balls. <laughs> They're huge, Mammy. What? The Christmas balls you bought. The bubbles, Rory. They're called bobbles. Whatever. Show Mammy. <laughs> I don't know why, but I expected them to be ginger. <laughs> Wouldn't miss it for the world, Mrs. Brown, on Christmas night. Now, just like Audrey, if you're away and won't be home this Christmas, Audrey's just been working too hard and she needs a day or two to rest rather than be travelling back home for Christmas. Are you away, not coming home, have chosen not to come home or can't get home? Germany will be hot, or wet, wet and cold, rather, wet and cold. Are you on some beach this Christmas? Are you heading away anywhere to the beach for a barbecue? Don't forget catch up over the next couple of days. I know people listen to us all over the world. A lot of them catch up on the show during the night between 3 and 5, depending on time zones when we run the little squashed-up version uh, between 3 and 5 a.m. or pick up on our podcast. Our full-show podcast is available any day around, well, generally around 3 o'clock. It goes live. So, if you want us to mention anybody at home or if you want to send greetings to anybody at home, tomorrow or Friday, or indeed, if you're listening right now, uh, we can put you on today. Send us an email to opinion at 96fm.ie with all of your deets, and we'll get you on the air between now and quitting time at 12 o'clock Friday. Messages back to loved ones at home on side. Or, if all you want to do is drop us a voice message, you can do that, but we'd prefer to talk to you, prefer to get you on the radio. So wherever you are, whether you're in Singapore or Shanghai or Sydney or Southampton, and I'm just starting on the S's. Let us hear from you. Opinion at 96fm.ie. Will I try that with another letter? Will I try that? Well, T, you could be in Tanzania, you could be in Taiwan, you could be in Tokyo, or you could be in Tasmania. We'll try a few more letters during the morning. Opinion at 96fm.ie. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. Christmas with your local maze, making your Christmas extra special with festive offers. It's Christmas time. Hear your favourite Christmas hits 24-7. Listen to Cork's 96 Miss, streaming online now. With Blackpool gift cards, they're the best, with so much choice for all the family. Pure shopping, pure Christmas, pure Blackpool. Download our app or see 96fm.ie. Some of your, more of your suggestions for the stuff you just refuse to miss on telly over Christmas. What makes the Christmas telly for you? Have you a particular favourite that you just will not miss that you've been watching for years? For example, Queen Bee will scour the newspapers and scour the magazines and scour anything to find the original of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Not the... uh, Yeah, Willy Wonka... Uh, not not the one, not the Johnny Depp one. That was an abomination, if you ask me. But the original uh, with Gene Wilder, um, Willy Wonka. It's always on somewhere over Christmas, and she would not. It's Christmas, not Christmas for her without it. Now, it's very difficult. I had the two Norries in studio last week, as you remember. James and, and Timmy were talking about their new show, which is coming to 
the Opera House in March with Jimmy Barry Murphy and Shane Casey. We were chatting about the podcast and the success of the podcast. But we also talked about, and they both were talking about themselves being in recovery and having to remind themselves quite frequently that they are both in recovery. And no matter how well things are going for them, they are in recovery and they're still both in their own different way managing their sobriety. And it came up in that conversation that Christmas is the hardest time of the year to maintain your sobriety for any number of reasons. Um, And to anybody who is trying to maintain their sobriety over the next few days, I wish you every success. Um, And I really do. And it's a day at a time and sometimes it's an hour at a time. Uh, I know that from talking to people over the years. But let's catch up with a friend of the show who hasn't been on with in a while, addiction counsellor Michael Gearan. Michael, it is difficult over the next few days for, for many, many people abstaining from many, many things, not just the booze. Morning. Good morning, PJ, and good to talk to you as always. And your, yeah. your, your summation of, of the conundrum in your introduction is absolutely perfect irrespective of how well things are going or irrespective of how long you have been away from your last whatever, the rules of the game don't change one iota. So it's one day at a time, one step at a time, and it's this incremental building of recovery capital in one's recovery bank account. And Christmas is particularly for people in early recovery. And by early recovery, we mean the first two years post-intervention. Um, it is a very challenging, difficult time in an awful lot of ways because in in the obvious ways in terms of that excess becomes a norm around the Christmas period is one, but also because Christmas is a very emotive time for people, both in a good way in that it makes them feel happy and in another way they can look back retrospectively at their lives and things that have happened and they can be quite sad. So you can get... Number one, you have this exposure and this acceptability of excess use of various things at Christmas time that exists within the world. But you also have this emotional roller coaster that sometimes can go with Christmas as well. So it's challenging on a number of fronts. How do you support someone, Michael, who is, like you say, in early recovery and doing well? How do you support them? I suppose... We could talk about that for an hour, but to put it into one sentence, the object of of speaking to somebody in that situation is to try and keep their confidence up because the precursor of a relapse is almost always somebody saying, I can't do this anymore and I must capitulate and I must bow down and I must give in to these temptations or, or this desire that I have to get away from Um, whatever is bothering me through intoxication because alcoholism or drug abuse or problematic gambling are merely a manifestation of a desire within within the individual to escape their reality. So for people like me dealing with people in that situation, the main focus would be to keep the person's confidence in their own ability to stay well up. Mm. Um, And that... Everything else really that would happen um, in a conversation of that nature would be purely a sideshow. We would be trying to reaffirm and reinforce with the person, look, you can do this. You have done it for a period of time 
Mm. And and here's another thing I say to people all of the time and have done for years. People need to keep remembering Christmas is just another day and the mm. rules of the game are the same on Christmas Day as they are any other day. Yeah. When I was talking to James and, and Timmy, a question came in on the phone. I put it to them and they kind of said it's more or less up to yourself but I guess as the professional counsellor you might have a better take on it or a different take at least Michael um, should you keep a dry house if someone is trying is, is working on their recovery I've been asked that question a number of times um, and generally speaking my own belief is people who are in recovery from an alcohol problem should be guarded to some extent from excessive alcohol use at Christmas time I don't think necessarily being in the proximity of responsible alcohol users is necessarily a trigger. Because at the end of the day, as somebody who has stopped drinking during the course of the year and is facing into Christmas, they, whether should they decide to relapse, whether the members of their family are engaging in alcohol consumption or not really isn't a factor. Now, that might be a slightly controversial take on that but I have found people that are really well embedded in their recovery don't generally tend to worry too much about what others are doing but then I meet families who feel far more comfortable if they have a dry house at Christmas time because they are a lot more relaxed in the proximity of the person who is in recovery so I don't think it's necessary but I can see the reasons why people might see it as being the wisest course of action at Christmas. Okay. Another one, Michael, which is kind of new, uh, given the proliferation these days of not just zero alcohol beer, but zero alcohol spirit and zero alcohol wine. Should you keep some or for the, for the person who's in recovery or is it dicing with danger? I was never a believer in zero percentage beers or, as you say now, zero percentage spirits to be used by anybody in recovery from an alcohol misuse disorder. I think zero percent beers are a great thing and they're a great thing for somebody who doesn't have an alcohol problem that might like to be seen with a pint in their hand because they are driving. But I think they have no place whatsoever um, in the life of somebody who is in early recovery from alcoholism. Even speaking for myself, I wouldn't drink one of them in a fish. And I, I, I do understand that they are useful. I was talking to somebody recently. He told me he went to see a match and he drank a few Guinness Zeros. He doesn't have a drink problem, but in it, it enabled him to drive to and from the venue and it was great. But that is their only useful function as far as I am concerned. Mm. I think people in recovery from alcoholism um, should stick to soft drinks and sparkling water and that kind of thing. May I ask a personal question, Michael? Yeah. How 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 long is it since you had a drink? Um, it'll be it's about seventeen years. Well done. Now, will you struggle over Christmas? I hope not. Um, I haven't struggled over Christmas in quite some time. Thank God. Um, but I'm not losing sight of the fact at all that Christmas is a difficult... They say Christmas is a difficult time for turkeys, a bad time for turkeys and alcoholics. <laughs> um, and I I, um, I suppose I'm mindful of the fact that no matter how many Christmases it has been since my last drink, I am still dealing with my alcoholism on a daily basis. 
And today is just another day, and Christmas Day will just be another day. And what has gone before it, by and large, doesn't add to that equation to any great extent. Uh, I, I spoke to a man one time, I won't name him, but he'd be a very successful individual, hadn't had a drink in 18 years. Somebody offered him a bottle of beer, and he said, here's the truth now, uh, that's too much, and if I drink it, the entire contents of your bar isn't enough. Yeah, it's a famous saying you hear around Alcoholics Anonymous quite frequently is they say one is too many and 10,000 isn't enough. Um, and that is so true. And I have seen come across people during the course of my work down through the years that have relapsed after 15, 20 years of sober time. And and general, and the, I suppose the worrying part about that is that in my experience, this may not be a universal thing, these people find it very hard to get back to where they were at mm. after a relapse, mm. after such a long period of time drink-free. So um, those of us that are in recovery facing into Christmas, maybe a bit longer than the people in early recovery, we're very mindful of the fact that, you know, it, it is a time where, you know, one's awareness and one's radar needs to be heightened a little bit in or around what we're doing and, and so on. Okay. Now, if someone is struggling on the day if, itself, can you pick up the phone? You can. You can certainly pick up the phone to any of the Coonveras because they never close. And if they look at www.coonvera.ie, there is a directory of all the houses and all the phone numbers. And these will be mend completely over Christmas and they can seek support in that way. Um, equally, the General Service Office of Alcoholics Anonymous, I'm sure, will have a phone um, working somewhere in Ireland on that day. And we encourage people in early recovery to develop a network of acquaintances um, through the fellowships so that if they feel challenged over the Christmas period, that they can contact somebody who will have an understanding and an empathy of what they're going through and yeah. maybe be able to help them through it. Another man I spoke to a few Christmases ago said, Michael, he said, I make I make two calls on a Christmas morning. First to be mother, to wish her a happy Christmas and tell her I'll see you later. And the second one to my sponsor to get me through the day. Yes, and again, that would be something very common where people would check in with individuals who would understand their situation and their history and keep that link and those channels of communication open um, should they need to do so in case they might be challenged in any way over the Christmas period. Um, Equally, after Christmas, PJ, and we're not going to get into this in any great detail, we have seen a lot of problems historically after Christmas as well because people build themselves up to survive the holiday period. And then they find themselves, yeah, they find themselves challenged to an even greater extent when everything has calmed down. Like January is a graveyard of a month, as we all know. Yes. And it's it's still winter. It's very uninspiring. Everything is very quiet. And it's at that time people can feel these pangs that go with relapse with a greater intensity than they do at Christmas. So people need to be vigilant around that as well. All right, we've got the website here. All the Cork City and County contact numbers are available, www.alcoholicsanonymous.ie. Michael, there are people getting into this Christmas sober and clean because of your work 
and they will want to thank you today. And we thank you for your contributions to this show throughout the year and wish you a happy Christmas. And many happy returns, PJ, and thank you very much. Cheers to great. Michael Gearan, one of the best when it comes to addiction uh, counselling. Thanks, Michael. 0818 96 96 96. Kate says people should stop slagging others off for not taking a drink at Christmas. When you think about it, it's a horrible thing to do. Yeah, And this, I would have thought, and this would have been ignorance on my part, I might have thought, well, look, if so-and-so is trying to avoid the drink, well, a couple of bottles of zero in the fridge ain't going to hurt. Michael actually said, no, they could be. Zero is probably worse than having drink in the house. Keeping zero aside for for someone is probably worse than, than having none, do you know? Oh, wait, one. Yeah, how many times have we said, and that's the thing, let's, let's try not to do that this year. Uh, if you see someone in a group that's not having a drink, be it Christmas morning, Christmas Eve, next couple of days, Christmas Day itself, let's not ask the question, why aren't you drinking? What's wrong with you? Why aren't you drinking? You know, if someone just says, I'm not drinking, just say, oh, grand, fine, will you have water, will you have coke, will you have whatever? Coca-Cola, stop it. But you know what I'm getting at. So let's try and resolve over the next week and a bit. If you see someone who normally or you know used to take a pint or used to take a bottle or a short or whatever and they're having sparkling water and they're not drinking, just don't ask them why they're not drinking. Because guess what, pal? It's none of your damn business. Glenn... Two and a half years since you took a drink, yeah? Correct, PJ. Good morning to you. Well done, first of all. Thanks a million. I was just listening to Michael there, and uh, he made some very interesting points about the Christmas period, you know? Um, How will you get over the next few days? um, I suppose Michael Michael drove the point home, and he said it's just like any other day, PJ, you know? Um, Every day... Every day has the same challenges for, for a person in recovery from alcohol, you know? Yeah. Um, Christmas, obviously, your, 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 your awareness is heightened as there's, more, there's more, more drinking happening around you, I suppose, you know? In Ireland, I suppose, every social event, it, it, most social events are, have, have alcohol involved in them. So, you know, it's, 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 it's no different to any other day, PJ, you know? Mm. Well, uh, there are more people around you taking a drink. People who will start cracking open a bottle of beer at quarter past eleven, that kind of thing in the yeah. day, uh, and that must be put a bit more pressure on you. Well, I mean, it does. I'm, I'm lucky enough that uh, that I'm not in a household where where drink is prevalent. Yeah. So, um, but for other people, I, I do understand that 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 there are houses where the, the bottle of beer is cracked open or the bottle of champagne is cracked open first thing in the morning. You know. Yeah. And 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 that uh, that can be quite difficult for people, particularly over the Christmas period, um, as it's as it's, as Michael was saying, it's a very emotional time for people, but mm. both on 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 the happy end of the scale and on the sad and sadness end of the scale, you know. Indeed. Indeed. Um, I actually know Michael well myself. Um, he he was my counselor. I went through a program with Coolvera, so the work mm. that Michael does is 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 extremely beneficial to people like me, you know. Yeah, people have told us over and over again just how good he is. You had a very big yeah. night last Saturday night. I did indeed. I had I had my 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 work Christmas party, um, 
And to be honest with you, PJ, I, I was kind of sceptical going into it. I didn't know how I'd feel. I, I didn't know if I'd be uncomfortable or not. I had great notions that I was going to leave after after an hour, after the bite to eat and hit the road. But I actually, in fact, ended up having a great night, you know. And um, not having a drink didn't bother me in the slightest. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, which is, which, is, which is great progress for me, for somebody who, who was abusing alcohol, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was great to wake up on Sunday morning with a clear head, you know. Yeah. That's, that's the... And, and, and look bonus, into the know? work WhatsApp group and see the state of the rest of them. Well, that's it. Like you know, it, 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 the, the 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 fear, as people call it. You know, there was no fear involved. You know, and it was it was a good feeling. You know, yeah. it was and and to be to be very aware of your surroundings as well is it is another um, yeah. is another great bonus to to not drinking alcohol. You you make the point that this sobriety and the maintenance of it. Yes, it's for the ones you love. Yes, it's for everything, everybody, and everything around you. But first and foremost, it's for you. Oh, absolutely! You know, it's it's you know, if if you're abusing alcohol, you know, you're not going to get the things out of life that you maybe want or that you maybe dreamed of. As as you, that I I can only speak from my own yes. personal experience. You know, um, if you have any aspirations in life, alcohol will strip you of that. You know, um. It will strip you financially, emotionally, and spiritually, you know. Um, and further on in, in, in addiction to alcohol, it becomes a full-time job to maintain to maintain that, you know. Yes, yes. And other other areas of your life will suffer as a result. Yes. You know. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, there is light at the end of the tunnel for people. And I know that this time of year, a lot of people will be struggling you know, and probably don't know where to turn to or, or who to talk to, you know, but there are, there, there, there is help out there, you know. Yeah. I, I, I can't stress that enough. Yeah, do, do you, you do you, would you get a meeting now, say Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, if you needed one? Well, I would, of course, yeah. 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 Are there, you know, meetings, are there for, meetings Christmas Day? There are. There are. Um, and, and particularly after the, the COVID pandemic, a lot of meetings moved to Zoom. Yeah. So... A lot of those meetings are still running, which is which is quite helpful for people who maybe live in rural areas or maybe don't have access to a car or can't, for whatever reason can't get to a meeting. Zoom is a great is a great starting point for anybody who who is unsure, you know. And you can get those meetings if you just Google it, you know. So it's 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 very 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 handy. Alcoholicsanonymous.com and there's all the all the cork details and all and all of that. Um, yeah, you will the, find it. The comment that came in there, Glenn, and I mentioned it, and I thought it's about time we stopped doing it. You know this thing, if you're in a group and, and someone that used to have a drink isn't having a drink, it's none of yeah. your business why. Don't ask them, correct? It's it's absolutely none of your business, you know. It's none of anybody else's business why a person is not taking a drink. I mean, in Ireland, we look at people who don't take a drink as if there's something wrong with them, you know. Yeah. Because we live in a society where being absolutely a stocious drunk is, is, is acceptable. Yeah. So somebody who's somebody who's not doing that, particularly in Ireland, is going against the grain. And somebody who goes against the grain is going to get questioned, aren't they? You know, it's it's you know, just as you're not having a drink, you know, there's there's something wrong with there's something wrong with him, like, you know. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, I would say to people, you know, if they do notice somebody is not having having a drink, just say, Okay, no problem. Move on, you know. Because yeah. the person might be feeling uncomfortable when they're having a drink, you know. Yeah. It yeah. um 
and it can be uncomfortable for 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 the person who may be in early recovery, you know. Yes. So, so you're yeah, that's be what very, I would say. Well, I wish you every success getting through the next number of days. Then, listen, if you got through the Christmas party, but you'll get through anything. <laughs> that's it, PJ. <laughs> All right, and <laughs> even if it is one hour at a time, I wish that's it. You, one I day, will, yeah, I one day at a time. I wish you luck with it, fella. Thanks a million, Peter, and Take a happy care. Christmas day. And to you, sir. And all, to you. That's that, all that, the best. All bye the bye. Best. That's bye Glenn. Bye. That's Glenn. Something else that uh, I've, over the years I've had the opportunity and and the and the joy of speaking with people who've maintained sobriety for for a very 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 long time, and I speak as someone who loves a drink. Everybody knows I love a drink, and I. Thank my lucky stars, it's never become a problem for me. But I remember asking a guy, and he was in his 70s. He called the show, this is a few years ago. I said, when did you last have a drink? And he told me, and they can always do it. I don't know why they can, but it's 37 years, he said, three months uh, and a week and two days, kind of thing. Right, he said, that's not the bones of 40 years since you had a drink. And I said, when did you last want a drink? Said yesterday. So bear that in mind if if you're supporting someone who's struggling with their sobriety or trying to stay sober this Christmas, be wary of that. They might not have had a drink for 10, 20, 30 years. They might have wanted a drink yesterday. So another message in, and this is valid and true. I think it's also worth remembering the children and partners. Of alcoholics at Christmas time. It can be a very difficult time for them. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Happy holidays. With your local mace. Savings with a smile. All through the Christmas season. The Cork Diary. On Cork's 96FM. The Cork Diary is a free service. So if you're a community group, a not-for-profit organisation, or you have a fundraising event you would like mentioned, let us know and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. The Cork Diary. With corksimon.ie. No one wants their child to grow up to be homeless on Christmas Day. On Cork's 96FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 9696 Christmas special. Wouldn't miss it. Yeah, my mum loves Call the Midwife as well, Margaret. And I know lots of people who love Call the Midwife. Uh, the Cork Koi Poo can't wait for the UK office Christmas special. No, 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 no. Never liked it. Could never understand it. My brother is just loves the office, can recite whole sections of it for you. No. Oh, God, no. I'd rather a hangover than watch The Office, that's the truth. But to each their own, I will love Mrs. Brown's boys and a few more things like that. Your suggestions for the Christmas telly, you absolutely will not miss uh, to 0818 96 96 96 or to text or WhatsApp 083 396 
9696. This came in to us a couple of days ago from Morris and kind of got pushed to the back of the bunch because we are very busy with our correspondence. But Morris was at a carol service, a Christmas carol concert at the weekend. He doesn't say where. It was a children's carol concert and the kids were doing their best to sing the songs and some of the songs are difficult. But he said in the church there were those who hadn't switched off their phones and showed total disrespect for the proceedings. Some people, he thinks, don't want to turn off their phones because they're so addicted to them. Maybe because they feel they're so important they couldn't possibly miss a call. He also says when some people's phones ring they do nothing. They don't try and switch them off. They don't try and silence them. They just let them ring out. And that annoys the hell out of Morris when he's in church. And Morris has a point. I'm not a big church goer. But when I do, uh, I have a little switch. It's on the side of all your phones. A switch on the side of the phone. You just switch it over. And the worst that will happen is the phone will vibrate loudly in your pocket but it won't disturb the proceedings would also be no harm if you can't do that to just switch the damn thing off for the sake of the hour that you're going to be in the church and nobody's that important well a few of us are that important doctors on call and people like that but but very few of us are that important that we need the phone switched on while we're inside in the church for 40 minutes good point that that Morris makes a phone going off like for example if you're at mass Christmas Eve or Christmas morning or at a service Christmas Eve or Christmas morning like why do you need the phone on Uh, or at least why do you need it on loud thanks for that Morris if anybody's got their uh, contribution to make to that particular conversation uh, very welcome to uh, to make the call 0818 96 96 96. Now, Ogig de Heron and uh, the Defence Forces have confirmed this morning that Trooper Shane Carney from East Cork is being medically evacuated from Beirut. I believe, in fact, he may even be home. Uh, that's not confirmed, but he may even be home. He was being flown from the airport at Beirut and especially equipped medical aircraft with a medical crew being flown to Casement Aerodrome in Baldonnell and then taken by ambulance to Beaumont Hospital to continue receiving treatment. He was very seriously injured uh, in that incident last week, but his condition is stable. It's understood he's improving and is well enough because he would have to be well enough and stable enough to to be brought home in a special medical aircraft. Um, We welcome him home and wish him a very speedy recovery and indeed particularly his family and friends and all those who know him and love him in East Cork will be uh, relieved to hear that he's home and on Irish soil and that at least now maybe his parents and loved ones can go to visit him in hospital on Christmas Day. You never know. That might be possible. 0818 96 96 96. That's where I'll bring in uh, Dermot Higgins, who is the president of the Organisation of National Ex-Service People. Um, Dermot, it's always a difficult time for ex-service people, some of whom have fallen on hard times, but I imagine that the incident in Lebanon involving the late Private Cooney and indeed uh, Trooper Carney will have resonated with a lot of people and brought back a lot of difficult memories. Morning, Dermot. Morning, PJ. And thanks for having me on. Um, yes, the, the events of last week would have brought back memories, sad memories to a lot of 
ex-servicemen and indeed some serving yeah. um, who would have been present in the Lebanon at, pre- at previous incidents. Yes. Um, in the ONE, or the National Denaheran, we have thrown out our helpline, our helpline, sorry, to anyone, any any veteran who has been affected by the events of last week. Yeah. And we have a 24-hour helpline running. Very good. With trained I'll take, that, take that from you in, in a minute and train people to take the call. I mean, I was talking yesterday to the writer Michelle Dunn, who, who served herself, and she went through That's right. a night that she went through in, in Lebanon, where for a while she was deeply worried about a close friend of hers. She was in a bunker. Her friend was on the top of the bunker when a mortar landed, and she went through a number of very frightened hours wondering, was he all right? And that, stay, that stays with you. That stays with you. Some of the people that you work with, Jimmy, they need extra special support at Christmas. Why would that be? Um, loneliness, I think. It, it brings home to them that they are alone. And they just need some extra support, which we are offering where we can. Um, we have people in our veterans' homes who will be treated well on Christmas Day and over the Christmas period who will be treated to all the comforts at home as best we can and to make them feel wanted and just uh, be there to help them out and give them some sense of normality that this is normal life come back to us and we'll be there to, to help you along the way yes Sometimes as well, even if you are surrounded by people, um, it, can, it can be a lonely time because of what you are going through that you might have been carrying back from your time. You could be a little bit institutionalised by what you've... Yes, um, there, there is a part of that. Um, being in the military, you're told when to get up, you're told when to eat, you're told when to go to bed. Yeah. And... I suppose the break away from that when you come out to civilian life can be hard. But the assistance we are providing is helping people to break that cycle. Yeah. And to come back into normal, I won't say normal society, mm-hmm. but be able to survive and live their lives to the best way they're possible with the assistance we are providing. Yeah. Are there addiction problems in the ex-service people? Um, there's, there's some, but the same as is in general stream of life. Yeah. I can't say, yes, there's more in ex-service people. Yeah. There possibly could be, but yeah. I'm, I'm not qualified to say that. Oh, yeah, sure. And the people um, that you'd normally talk things over with when a memory is troubling you or, like you say, you're feeling a bit institutionalised. The people you'd normally talk it over with, well, they're not maybe accessible on on Christmas Day because they're they're with their own families, so you can feel a bit isolated. Um, yeah, um, they, would, they probably will feel a bit isolated, mm. but we are making ourselves available to anyone who needs us. Very good. Regardless of the time, the day or the night. Now that you come back to it, what is that number, if you can give it to me? Yeah, it's 086-138-1300. Yeah. 
0825. Okay. Okay. And it'll be put through to and, someone. And that's available to all veterans. Not just members of ONE, it's to all veterans. Very good. Very good. Okay. That's great. And I'll give that number out again uh, before we finish. Talk to me about Brew E. Quillon. Dermot, this is a major achievement for your group. Yes. Um, after we got the Cove home up and running, yeah. which we, we did last uh, October last year, we turned our attention to our next home. Mm-hmm. And we identified a building in Ballyholy Road, yes. which was owned by the health board. Right. And it's a former guard station. Oh, the, the one in St. Luke's. Yeah. Yes. I know the one. Know. So we, we have identified that building. We have our plans drawn up. The building hasn't been handed over yet. Right. I can stress that now. It hasn't been handed over yet, but is in the process of being handed over. Okay. okay. As soon as it's handed over, we have our plans in place. And work will fire ahead on us straight away. And what kind of facility will that be when it's done then? It will be, we'll have six ensuite bedrooms inside Marvellous. And there will be full dining um, facilities there. Um, they'll be fed and found. Mm. Who will staff They'll all have their own ensuite bedrooms. There will be staff there, there will be a manager and a cook. And how is all that Plus, funded? <laughs> um, good question, Peter. <laughs> how long have I got, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Our, our major fundraising drive is our future collection. Okay. Oh, yes. We've talked now, about this before. Yeah. You may have seen our T-shirt, Leo Radka, was wearing the future pin. Yes. During the week and the news. I did see that, yeah. And which we welcome it, and we wish more people would wear it. That's in memory of the Defence Forces members who have passed on. Okay. But our, 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 we have a, a fundraising drive normally around um, August, September every year. Right. Which is our main funding for that. It brings in a lot of money comes in through the future collection. We also get funding from the Defence Forces. We are getting funding from the Dharmat Funds account. Very good. And various donations which help us to fund okay. all of this. And will Brewery and Hill, as, will, will that be open and operational by, say, this time next year, do you think? Yes, it will. Brilliant. Well, I know when a, when it a, when a military man says to me, it'll be open, it'll be open. They will be open. I can guarantee you that. As soon as as soon as the building is handed over, all right, good man. The builders are ready to go. That's fantastic, Dermot. I wish you and all you work with, and all you support, and all the ex members of the military and the defence forces. Wish you all a very good Christmas. That number, and and thank you all for for your service and your continued service. That number, uh, if you need help, if you're a serving member, a former, sorry, former member. You feel you need help or support or just to talk to someone who gets it, shall we say. That number, 0861380825. That's the veterans, if you like, assistance line.
0861380825. If you want to talk to someone who gets it, because so many others don't. 0818969696 at Councillor McNugent updates me and says Brewy Quillon was passed through Cork City Council Monday. Monday, which is great to see that happening. That, that's true. And that's fantastic. Six ensuite bedrooms and all the facilities and they've been fed and found for those who served us overseas and here. Those who wore the uniform carried the flag and have fall, fallen on hard times. There'll be six safe uh, beds and a, and, a, and a bite of hot food for them. Not far from where I'm sitting here uh, by the end of 2023. Thank you for that. 0818969696 on phones in churches. Tim says a smartwatch can ring even if you put the phone on silent. That's what happened to me. There's obviously some setting on it, but you think that once you put the phone on silent, we'll be okay. Good point. I, I don't have a smartwatch. I'm very old school when it comes to watches. I like me ordinary numbers and face and stuff like that but for those who do wear uh, smartwatches uh, I think you have to separately put the watch on to vibrate so that it will vibrate on your hand I think you do look it up I guess thanks Tim 0818969696 we're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM Merry Christmas with your local mace great value deals for family and friends this Christmas Cork's 96FM now those of us who can still afford to put a Christmas together and enjoy it and have a tree and pay our bills, we realise how lucky we are. Those of us who have a good income um, and even though the cost of living has gone through the roof, can still manage to pull it all together. You know, we realise how lucky we are. And you realise that even more so when you see the latest press release from St. Vincent to Paul, who say that the number of calls they are getting looking for help is up 30% Christmas on Christmas as uh, in Vincent de Paul 1400 calls for help a week that is 200 calls a day regional president in this part of the world is Paddy O'Flynn Paddy good morning those figures are stark morning uh, PJ yes they are they're, they're unprecedented uh, we've had bad tough years but this year for a whole a lot of stuff coming together we are experiencing practically unintended, un, uh, 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 unbelievable level of calls. Um, and as you say, the calls are up hugely. We are um, managing, though. We've been in this country, same as Nepal, for over 180 years. And we're well equipped in terms of our members to deal with the calls for help. Mm. You have an incredible um, stock of supplies. I visited your place out in North Point, a few times and you have many more like that you have an incredible stock of supply for people yeah from North Point we did, We are currently delivering uh, across December 2,500 2, special Christmas hampers hampers above the ordinary each hamper is quite capable of giving a medium sized family or larger family a pretty healthy, happy Christmas with meats and treat, even treats for the kid, the children. So that's only one part of what we do, but it's a, it's a major, it's of major importance yeah. to those families in most need in the city, around the city as well. You've seen a change, yeah. I think, in profile too, 
Penny, of the people who are coming to you? Oh, yeah. Look, this is the most, this is very apparent. It's big, big. It became a bit of a trend, but now it's a it's 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 a major trend. Up to now, we've helped the needy and 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 the people who maybe one parent families and the unemployed. But there's a shift into demographic now of the people we 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 help. We're having more and more requests from people who are employed but are in lower paid employment. And of course, there's a double whammy here because these people in the past would have would have contributed to our funds, but now they're coming to us for help. And that's obviously driven by the cost of energy, gas, electricity, coal, and as well as that, of course, we shouldn't forget that um, grocery prices have gone up 12, 14% in parallel. So as well as the fact that the well-publicized rent increases everywhere are putting huge pressures on all families. And this new uh, group of people are adding to... um, to, to our demands yeah. and our and the requirements for us to 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 uh, to help as needy people, people just like everybody else yeah, yeah. people with, with good jobs and good homes and by the time they, the, the mortgage has gone up now the cost of energy has gone through the roof the cost of groceries are going up and maybe that wage that covered it a year or two ago just isn't going there anymore and there's there's no shame in asking for help no there is no shame and we are encouraging people to to uh, come to us because no matter how many calls we get, we are still quite capable and look forward to helping everybody, especially around Christmas and particularly, particularly where there are children involved. It's very important not to be afraid. Come to us, not go to money lenders or go anywhere else because apart from our own resources, we have good access. We, we are able to, we have very good linkages now with the energy suppliers and, and we've cap- we are capable of helping to negotiate um, negotiate people out of trouble in many different ways. Yeah. Obviously, sometimes also in connection with people like our good friends in MABS and so on. Yeah. So we have a lot of resources. Our staff are very well trained. Our information officers who take all these calls, you mentioned early on, they are very well skilled, not alone in finding out exactly how to help people mm. and allocate the requests to the individual branches, but they also have negotiating skills and special contacts with some of our energy suppliers, yes. which is a very valuable asset, which yeah. maybe not every people understand, but I, I just want to make that point very clear, yeah. you know. Even with the, the, the credit coming from the government of the 200 euro, which is helpful, no one can deny that. Even with that, some people's energy bills are gone out of control. And the, the worst mistake you could make, I'm sure you'll agree with me, Paddy, is to put it in the drawer and close the drawer. Well, that's been a trend, I'm afraid. And look, it's understandable. Obviously, we're not recommending that, just as you say. Yeah. It's the last thing people should be doing. But if you're under pressure and you're facing all those bills from the energy, from utility costs and food and rent, and you're looking at a, at a family and you're trying to figure out how you're going to manage for Christmas, you know, there's a huge temptation here for people to let the energy bills, the utility bills increase, and then they get into huge problems. Mm. And of course, these people then come to us and we do our best. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. through a combination of negotiation and part payment and so on to um, get them out of trouble and prevent them mm. being disconnected. Now, the disconnections are down this year, but they still have threats of bills mm. of people with bills who somehow managed to run bills up of a thousand and even in some cases, 2000 euro. Yeah. So, yeah. They're still out there. They are. They are. And in, even though there is a moratorium of sorts now on, on cutoffs, we're going to get into the springtime and people will have big bills. I'll just stay with energy for a second, if you wouldn't mind, Patty, with regard to these prepay meters, because from what I hear, they can, now there is a guaranteed period of time, isn't there, over the holidays where you won't be switched off if you have a, a, a prepay meter. But then you just end up owing money at the end of it. Well, that's the, that's the problem. It's, it's kicking the famous can down the road. And the other thing you remind me of here is that, like, the budget reliefs were extremely welcome. There was the 200s, there was the moratorium on this, there was this, that, and the other. But if you look at all of the budget measures which were brought in to alleviate the, um, the crisis back in the budget in September, October, if you look at those, the, the, the only one that's left for January is an increase of 12 euro per week in the rate of social welfare. Yeah. All the others have, have been used up by now and by certainly by, by the middle of January, they will be gone. And the only thing left for the people we deal with is an increase of 12 euro per week on the social welfare payment. So we are dreading and very fearful of the hungry months of January, February and March. Now, I know the government has mentioned last week that they have mentioned a new energy poverty action plan, but we've seen nothing of it yet. Yeah. But we're hoping that will help us. But if it doesn't, we are then on our own without all of the help assistances we had yeah. in October, November and December. We're then on our own yeah. facing that deficit which has been, you know, thankfully covered by government to a degree, but we're going to be on our own and we're quite fearful, which is why we need, we're looking very very carefully at our own cash flow and our own funds for the next three months. You you launched your draw there recently and and hopefully that will be very successful for you. You've also pointed, and again, one might have forgotten this, small business owners, people would two, three employers or maybe just people working with themselves and, and one other. They were uh, allowed to warehouse, warehouse certain debts and taxes and stuff like that during the pandemic. But all that's got to be paid back and they're concerned and so are you. We are very concerned. Now, we haven't had much demand or hardly any demand from the very small businesses, but we are now finding some of these people are talking to us they're scared because they've warehoused debt, they've warehoused revenue taxes, and now the, 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 the chickens are coming home to roost. 
In the new year, there'll be, the, there'll be demand from revenue to pay that back. And there is a serious danger that some of those small businesses, businesses with one or two or three or four people, will be forced to close. And where are they going to go for help? Yeah. They will be in the worst position of all because they have been self-employed. Because they're self-employed, they qualify for very, very little state support. I see. I see. Well, hopefully, yeah. hopefully that won't be too big a problem. The line is, we're, we're struggling a bit with it. I'll just get one more one more uh, question with you there, if you wouldn't mind, Paddy. And it's this, I, I think the message to come from Vincent de Paul in this three or four days to Christmas, that horrible choice, heat or eat, pick up the phone and we'll help there and then. Absolutely. Look, you, we, 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 our headquarters are in Tucky Street in Cork. Um, 021-427-044 and you can get help anytime or just pick up and just our svp.ee we're here to help and we're anxious to help All right. so that's the one thing and the other thing is if you want to help us we have a card draw out there with tickets for sale 5 euro a piece uh, book of 5 for 20 euro you can um, you can you can Buy your tickets online with uh, www.galabid.com, svp.ie, or please donate whatever you can at this tough time and to help us through the spring of this coming year. Indeed. We would appreciate that. The people of Cork have never let us down when their generosity. So I want to thank them and indeed thank the, the, the priests and the diocese for allowing us to, to collect a church gate. We very much appreciate it, even though it's down quite a bit. And we want to thank everybody at this festive season who have helped us. But we are seeking additional help at this point in time. All right. So thank you for listening. And thank you, PJ. No, you're more than welcome, Paddy. And a, a very happy Christmas to you and yours and everybody who volunteers and works with the St. Vincent Paul. Do not face that choice on your own. Do not sit there and wonder, I've paid me bills, but I can't afford a ham. Or I've, I've, I've paid me bills or I've got me dinner in but we can't afford electricity don't be don't face that choice pick up the phone and ring 4270444 that's 4270444 Cork number 021 number 4270444 somebody will help actually it's less than 10 years with to do with the Vincent de Paul and the work that they do I remember getting a phone call about three days before Christmas from someone I'd known many years ago. We hadn't been in contact for a long time. We'd never have been friends, but this particular individual, I won't name, because uh, thankfully life is back on track now for this individual. We hadn't seen each other in a very long time, but because of what I do, knew I had kind of a public face and got in touch with me through the radio station here and took a call. And this person I'd known uh, had lost a business things had fallen apart for them in the previous number of years and they were sitting there with their hands hanging to them two or three days before Christmas they had then had an accident in the house and there was no power and it was just a a mess a mess and this is a grown man crying on the phone so I put the phone down to give me a couple of hours I made two phone calls one to my dear late departed friend James O'Sullivan of the Lions Club 
um, because it was in that district of the world, the Carrigaline District Lions Club, rang James and said, all right, I'll, I'll get the ball rolling down here. And I then rang um, Brendan Dempsey. Now, I don't know whether Brendan is still around or still active with Vincent de Paul, but he was then. He was Vincent de Paul in this part of the world. I rang the great Brendan Dempsey and I told the story and I was halfway through the story and Brendan said, shut up. <laughs> he just said, stop. Stop talking. Stop talking. Give me the address. Give me a phone number and leave it with me. So I said, okay. I could, okay. So I got the address, got the phone number and Brendan said, leave that with me. And about three or four hours later, I got another call from the person who'd been speaking to me to say, what the hell did you do? I said I did two, made two phone calls. Christmas was sorted. The bills were sorted. The turkey and ham was sorted. Brendan even brought a Christmas tree, just in case they didn't have one. So... To anyone involved with Vincent de Paul this Christmas, keep it up. Access all areas on Corks 96 FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael with an update on Corks Entertainment. After a run of sold-out shows with diary strings this year, Bellex One have announced a return to the full and electric band duties for next summer. This includes a live date at the Marquee on Saturday, June 10th. Access all areas. Highly renowned Jerry McAvoy's Band of Friends will play the music of Rory Gallagher at the Opera House on September 16th. They'll be joined by special guests, the Pat McManus Band, with tickets available now from the box office. Access all areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, or exhibition coming up, or any live streaming events by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. The new baths open in, or reopened rather, in Dunleary in Dublin. These are the the open air baths by the sea in Dunleary in Dublin. And they've spent a colossal amount of money on them. And there's no pool. I was looking at it going only in flipping Ireland. Would you spend, I think they spent 14 million on reopening the Nira Bats in Dublin. And there's no pool. You just swim off the rocks in the sea. And I thought, really, only, only in Ireland. Only in Ireland. You spotted that, Niall Kenny. Niall is one of the people leading the calls here in Cork for our own local Lido or Lido. I never know which. Lido. You saw that as well, Niall. They missed a huge opportunity at Dunira, didn't they? Morning. Morning, PJ. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a travesty is the, the, the and it was actually 18 million, which is even worse again. But <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, considering the structure was there originally, it's been an old site. I mean, it would have been easy to, 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 to fill it with water, to be fair. So the basics were there, the, even the plumbing was there, it yeah. just needed to be repiped. And <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. So yeah. the last time we talked, you had a couple of sites in mind for where we might do something in Cork. Well, we, we had a we had in conjunction with uh, Cork City Council and Malachy Walsh engineering firm in Mahan do a feasibility study on behalf of the council to highlight some spots for a potential Lido essentially in the city and um, so that study is actually finished and is with council at the moment for a review so no actual sites are, are being 
sort of pointed out, there are a few good sides. What actually a good point is that that feasibility showed that the city is well primed for a light up, that the, the water depth is good in a lot of locations. There are plenty of locations which we could take the space. Mm. So we, we really should have one at this stage. And, wait, and we, wait, did, wait, we wait, don't wait, necessarily wait. have to... I know you haven't pinpointed in the report, as you say, but where, I mean, in your own mind, Niall, and you do a heck of a lot of open water swimming, where where would you put it if you had your dream? Uh, given the choice, probably along the Keys, either like the likes of Horgan's Key or Kennedy Key or even down along the marina. Um, from from my point of view, purely, there's two advantages to that. that there's, in the city centre, it has all the access. When, when they bring in the whole sea mats, you'll have your bus, your cycle lanes, you'll have all the access to walk down there and, and you get a lot more people there. You get people, tourists coming in off the train or the, off the um, bus connects where they can use. I mean, tourists are, are a huge bonus for, for Lidos. And I know, I know people in the UK travel particularly to go see Lidos. So it's, it's not just for the locals. Um, and it encourages, I mean, if you look at Cork City, even at the moment is one of the, in the top 10 leading maritime swimming training areas in the world. I mean, we've have, have 7% of all the English Channel swimmers have even trained in Cork. We do a, a distance week in Sandy Cove every year in July, and that brings people from all around the world in. Yeah. And in Cork, in Cork alone, there's over 170 maritime swimmers at this stage. So they all open water swim. They all need a location to, to get to training. They want to come to Cork. They, they want to be in the water. And all the work has been done to clean up the river as well, to be fair. I mean, mm. all that sewage has been being piped down past the harbour. So now is an ideal time to to actually build this project and get it done. Because yeah, yeah. We're missing a trick otherwise. And you you could heat it, you'd have mm-hmm. it, and provide it, you say, provided heated for 10 million or less. Roughly, I would say. I mean, okay, look, to be fair, Peter, the, the cost of materials are gone nuts. Yes. And, 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 and it only seems to be going up. And and now would be a better time to do it than do it in five years' time when things are even worse again. So, But, I mean, it's a good return on investment. If you put in a proper light, it's going to last 30, 40 years. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And if you can do that for 10 million, that's, that's a great return. And, and it's a huge benefit for the city. And, and that's not even taking into account that those who use the open water or even in a cold water setting if they don't heat the pool if, if we take a most basic setting they don't heat the pool and you go cold water swimming all year round there's huge mental and physical benefits to that that will save people trips to the doctor will save the HSE in the long term Nile and that has been, to be taken frozen over last week fella <laughs> Just I know we still had we had still people swimming in Marlville over I know so. oh don't even go there oh. <laughs> <laughs> were you in the water uh, we'll last week I wasn't personally no. Right. No, I'm back in the I'm back in the pool for my training at the moment. But I still cold shower after and they have I, I'm I suppose we're blessed. I'm in Brookfield where has they have an ice bath but tank. Mm. So that that helps as well. So we get acclimatized. And I know there are a good deal of ice water swimmers in training at the moment, even in Clontarf in Dublin. That are doing so, they're training to do the ice mile, which essentially means you swim a mile in five degrees or less. <sighs> yeah, so oh, oh. I mean, I love the cold yeah, so weather, but I'm not going swimming in this. <laughs> <laughs> There's some brave souls among us, all right, in fairness, Peter. So. <laughs> but you and it could be done. And this report now that's gone to council, uh, do you think mm-hmm. there's the support? Do you think there's the support there for it? 
Um, yes, they, they've been very supportive all the way through. Um, any any questions they've had, any issues, anything, was always able to go to them and they were always happy to help. Uh, even during the feasibility study, they brought in the head of parks and recreation and stuff to get their feedback. So the, the other departments were included. So it wasn't just us and the engineers. So mm. it was very much a group effort. And I, and I think the feeling I got was, yes, they're, they're still on board. They're still happy to, to see it as a project. And I think they realised it, it would be a huge benefit to the city. We've been talking uh, in the last 20 minutes, half an hour, about the level of poverty and people contacting Vincent de Paul. And the difficult uh-huh. question that will come up, Niall, is at a time when we have people struggling and we have increased levels of, po- of poverty, is it wise to be spending that kind of money on a um, luxury item like a swimming pool? But why is it a luxury item, Peter? I mean, it's it, it's it, people's health is also very important. Mm. Uh, that's why they're building the cycle lanes. Mm. It's the same justification, and I I think by by okay, if you're poor, wouldn't it be better to have a free facility that they can go to activities rather than trying to force them into membership in a place that they can't afford, like like private pools, because they, the city haven't built any new pools. There's been yeah. nothing added to the city in 30 years. Yeah. Uh, and the only people bringing in pools are the likes of, say, Brookfield, which is private. You have the uh, district below in the Silver Springs, again, private. If you're, your membership on that's got to be, what, six, seven hundred a year? That's mm-hmm. adding to your cost. Whereas if there was a pool in the city that was free access or reduced access to two, three hours at a, a time, wouldn't that be better to, than sitting at home? You, you, you make the, you make the response. It wasn't necessarily my question. It was a question that somebody will raise, and and your your response. Yeah, yeah. You you put up pictures. I saw it recently. You had pictures in Cork Bureau of this Alas Sea Pool in Helsinki. That's it, fabulous. Yeah, it's, stu- it's stunning. Absolutely, I, and I that would be the template I'd love to work from. To be fair, mm. it's just amazingly done and they crowdfunded for most of that to be fair as well which is great and and they open all year round they've got the decking they do they're doing winter swims I mean in the snow that it's if you you can actually have their own website and some of the pictures are just amazing and and I we we, they're further north and we we are and we can we could do that without breaking a sweat Tom says here there's an old spa in existence near Tower that used to be used by the British Army in World War One no idea what he's talking about, but presumably he knows. It might be the perfect location, says says Tom, for a Lido. You're not familiar with that, are you? No, are you? no. That'd be a first for me, PJ. Yeah. Must check that out. And Tower. Tower, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, okay. Yeah, I know. It, I, it's a new one on me, but... Uh, Absolutely, and me too. And I wouldn't mind. I live out that direction. <laughs> do you? There's a slip yeah. road, apparently, between Blarney and Tower. Mm-hmm. That which, which leads you to it. Uh, we'll see okay. if we can we see if we can get a location. We'll, get the old, we'll see if we can get, get a location. Get your Google map out. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, all right. And while and while you're, and while you're looking, can you see if we can get a nice swimming swimming orientated philanthropist to make a donation to our, to that'd our be, project? That'd, that'd be kind of cool, Larry. Right? Yeah, would, would, would you hope for progress? Gift. Would you hope for progress huh? in twenty twenty? Would you hope for progress in twenty twenty three? I would hope. I'm always hopeful. I think you you have to be. And um, the, there are the next steps is the business plan. Essentially, is to decide on the style of pool, what, what's on the wish list, what's on, the, what's essential and, and go from there and then get design done as well. So that, that can all start in the background without actually picking a location. So hopefully that'll start next year. All right.
hopefully before we've both retired. Niall, yeah. we'll be able to... I might get to use it once at least. Yeah. <laughs> Niall, thanks very much and best of luck with the continued advocacy for a Lido stroke Lido in Cork. We're going to try and find out where that is between Blarney and, and Tower. Thank you. 0818 96 96 96. Um, my must watch, these are still coming in, my must watch on Christmas Day, despite the unfair result of last Saturday night, It'll be the Strictly Come Dancing Christmas special. Helen and Gorka were cheated on Saturday. Thank you from Ger and Mallow. Ger, I know nothing. You might as well be telling me about the price of marshmallows. But I'll take your word from it. 0818 Where do you get the pin to support the servicemen and women? I grew up in Hall Boland. My dad uh, fancied our... What? My dad served, rather, served for 35 years. Also my Uncle Joe and my brother Jonathan. We'd love to support the cause. Christina Fahey Middleton. Uh, You get them on one-veterans.org. One-veterans.org. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. With your local mace, amazing value, sure to make you smile this Christmas. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96 FM. Hi, it's Elmery. Join myself and Connor for a very special Arts House show on Cork's 96FM Christmas morning. We'll be going fully festive, featuring the beautiful sounds of choirs from all over Cork. From junior infants to workplace choirs, we've got them all. So while you're unwrapping presents and getting the turkey in the oven, we'll fill the air with choirs of Cork. Make sure you join us this Sunday morning from 8 on Cork's 96FM. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. Planted, picked and produced in Cork. Griffin's Potatoes. The great taste of home. Cork's 96 FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818-969696. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Justin, I've never heard of that. Be completely honest, the detectorist. Totally new one on me. But apparently they have a Christmas special and Justin will be watching it. Thank you. 0818969696, the number. The text to WhatsApp is 083-396-9696 and the email opinion at 96fm.ie. Now, Shane, you sent us in some photographs of what I might describe as mischievous parking. Not very far from where we are here describe them because obviously listeners can't see them unless we've shared them I'm not too sure we've done that yet where'd you take these Shane? Um, um, where did I take eyes? Junction of uh, Leitrim Street and Pine Street so it's a, it's a bit of like you said mischievous parking yeah. uh, number of cars parked on the new public realm which the council is sort of taking forward down there and uh just sort of frustrating in that, you know, we're, we're creating a new place. We're sort of collectively endeavouring to sort of bring people down to that part. 
um, show off actually it's a fabulous bit of historic cork and I just need to nip this uh, culture in the bud basically Just on the corner there where there used to be the old Toby Jug pub which then went on to be Mick Henshie's for a few years it's apartments now I think yeah, there's there's a mix down there. I think there's a, somebody's done a quite a nice job on the corner. Uh there's a lovely um there's a lovely hairdresser's uh John Geary across the road. That's right. Uh there's a new hotel coming in at the end. It's just a fabulous bit of cork and it's sort of been really quite shabby for quite some time. And I think in terms of what the council is doing with McCurtain Street, it's extending down there and it's starting to just open up how lovely it might be. So, you know, rather than having cars parked on pavements and causing everyone angst, let's put trees and planters and seats and people. That's that's now, where I'm going. Now, what is the point, Shane, just purely being cranky here, what is, what is the point of a pavement <laughs> wide enough to play a tennis match on? Uh, well, I think, uh, what's the point of a Favorite wine of our table. Well, I think. Look, if you're uh, if you've got lots of people down there, and we want lots of people, so I'm I'm working with the VQ. We want wide pavements. If you've got buggies, you want room. You'd like to have planters and, and tables and chairs and uh, seating and so on and so forth. And wider pavement gives you that sort of breathing space in which to do all those things. It's certainly not for parking cars on. You know, we want cars coming into the city and parking, but we've other places for them. So I think the plans. The realisation are really good, but actually let's slip this into a positive and do those things I've talked about. Yeah, because there were a lot of those very wide pavements cropping up. If you go around that corner and pass up there, there's an up near the, up the other end. As you get closer to McCorton Street, there's another big wide pavement going in there. So that's part of the new scheme the council's taken forward. So that's going to be radically different. And the sort of public realm down there is going to be really rather fantastic. So whereas at the moment we've got a bit of a crap lino carpet, we're going to end up with a sort of a parquet uh, quality uh, materials down there. And I think what it'll do, it'll really enhance those businesses. It'll drive investment and drive footfall and drive jobs. Uh, but let's use it for what it's for, which is for, for people walking walking around and, and you know, uh, enjoying the area, not for cars. We've got places for cars, let's park them in those places. All right. All right. Shane Clark from the VQ. Thank you. Those yeah, the photographs, they are just down there uh, at the bottom of bottom of the hill. Walk down here uh, by what used to be the Toby Jug and then McHenshi's pub. Yeah, across the road from Ganey's hairdressers and what used to be, what was that pub? Oh, was it Brannigan's? Was it Brannigan's? Was that pub there? Uh, it's long closed down now. But they've taken away, this is, from a driver's point of view, they've taken away a pile of parking space that used to be around there. And that car that's up there, now any given car up there by those traffic lights right outside the windows of the apartments, <laughs> there's always a car there. There's always a car there. If you come up Pine Street, you'll find it there. But it must be frustrating for people who, who like those new wide pavements. 0818 96, 96, 96. Now, speaking of cars, this is a fabulous story. Declan, I have to ask you, Declan Corcoran, does this car still... Hello? <clears throat> does this car still go, Declan Corcoran? Oh God, yes it does. It does. It's a it delivered Santa to Kilmurray for turning under Christmas lights this year. Get away! So this is yeah, a no, fifty-year-old. I wouldn't old. be driving. I wouldn't be driving from Cork to Dublin, but it's a <laughs> go sign. A fifty-year-old Austin Devon. No, it's actually it's seventy years old. It was fifty years old when we had it. Sorry, sorry, we had it fifty years ago right. when it was twenty years old. 
It's actually it's actually nineteen fifty two. Nineteen fifty two, and your dad bought it in seventy. My dad bought it in in seventy two. No, we can't. We don't know how long he would have kept it for because he was always going to deal in buying and selling cars. But he kept he had it for for a while. It was our it was our family car for a short while. Right, right. And then what happened to it? Um, we sold it, sold it to a garage inside somewhere around um, College Road, Brandon Road area. And then about 1985, <coughs> excuse me, um, myself and my brother Joe were getting into old cars. So we um, we said to my dad, would he um, would he buy a vintage car? So he always um, he always had fierce uh, fondness for for the Austin. So he went um, <coughs> excuse me. He was looking for the, he went to the, the man he sold it to 13 years previous. And that man told us that the car was in a shed blow in Little Island, but it wasn't for sale. Right. So the, the, hunt, the hunt stopped there then. I see. And so we had no, we had no track of it then until um, our local vintage day here, which has been going since 1989. Um, in 93, um, it just, it, 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 it appeared, it appeared up there. Right. Because my dad came home and he said, did you see my Austin at Crookstown today? <laughs> no, I hadn't seen it. Yeah. But I obviously, I actually walked past it, but didn't recognise it. Yeah, it's a gorgeous, it's a gorgeous car. So, and it's a lovely, it's a lovely thing, lovely thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's still... And I can, I, can, I, can, I can trace it back to its, um, to its original owner, to the original sold in, in Highfield West in Cork in 1952. Really? Yeah, I, I actually have, <coughs> excuse me. I have the, the the original owner's name name and address. Right, and the the original registration plates were ZK seven two four two. Seven two four two, yeah. Right, and, and what, did, what, did, what would it cost back then? Do you know? Oh, I don't know. I suppose somewhere in the range of two or three hundred pound. We'll be thinking. Yeah, well, the, not, not, not a lot of money, but I suppose two or three hundred pounds was a lot of money back in 1952. Was, so. was a colossal amount of money back in 1952. I mean, it, it was God, it, 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 just a beautiful, a beautiful thing. Um, beautiful thing, and it still goes. Are there any? It still goes. It still goes. It's 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 not it's not perfect, but it's a it's a good solid old car. Like, um, well, myself and my brother we're in the water shade. Like, my mechanic he's a panel beater, so over the years we will do a, a restoration on it. But it's quite it's quite it's quite respectable. Right, I got you. Just, is, just, there, just there, sit in and start and go. There is a huge vintage car interest in Cork, isn't there? Oh, there is it. There is it. There is it. Yeah. What's the yeah, it's, great. It's, getting, it's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. There's, lot, there's, there's, there's way more cars on the scene. Than it would have been. I mean, 30 years ago, if you know, you, you, it was a rare sight to see vintage car on the road. Yes. Now, if you go to any weekend, there's always some, somebody out for a Sunday driving one. What, define, what defines vintage? Oh, you know, it comes... I, I think it depends what age you are. A lot of people, they, they like cars that... We say the younger people know. Um, we say people in their 20s. They're... they're um, they're buying cars that were they might be only 25, 30 years old but they can remember as a child they can remember their father having one yeah. whereas the people who were older then who grew up in the 70s remember the, the cars of that era yeah, yeah. I, had a, I had a teacher um, back in the to be the early 80s who drove uh, a Ford Capri a yellow Ford Capri they, they wouldn't be oh, vintage would yeah. they be vintage now they would oh they would oh definitely oh yeah, yeah very 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 sought after care I've, I've actually had a few of them myself beautiful really? cars yeah, they were they were a luxury car at the time, weren't they? They were a slick. Oh, they were they were they were luxury kind of a sport a sports car Yeah, you'd have to have you'd have to have flares like and and a you would, yeah. fancy hairstyle. You always say that if you, if, 
Like I said, if you if you're a four carefree in the seventies, if you pulled up upside the lilac ballroom, you could have any woman you wanted. <laughs> what is don't worry, don't, what, don't, what is your What is your favorite car that you've ever had? I mean, other than this Austin Devon, your favorite car that you ever had or come across? Um well, I have I also I have a nineteen sixty six Ford Zodiac. Which I, I say carry love. I've had it more for about ten years. Beautiful car, and it's it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful car, yeah, beautiful car. Beautiful car. They so were like you know, my my my, my dad always asked me, "What is your favourite vintage car?" And I can't, I can't say. I just love them all. I love all yeah. old cars. Up up near the cathedral here, it's often parked uh, up near the North Cathedral. It's a gorgeous old car. I think it's American because it's left hand drive. A gorgeous, gorgeous car. Big, huge yeah. tank of a thing, and people, yeah, the Americans made them huge, right? People keep them shining. And gleaming. Lovely talking to you, Okay, PJ. Take care of yourself. That, 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 that's Thank Declan. You. Declan. Have a good Cheers. Bye-bye. Hello, too, sir. Declan and all the great people in Crookstown. That's Declan Corcoran. The car is in Crookstown. I'm Stephen's brother, Joe. Keep it maintained. Uh, came across that story in, in, in the Southern Star. The car, we have a photograph of it there with Dad, and I presume one of the boys in Dad's arms. And there's this enormous armoured tank of a car uh, from 1952 and still going. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Richard E. Grant, the actor, has put up a Twitter post in our video in the last number of days because his beloved wife, Joan, died 14 months ago. And he put it up this week. This is the week of her birthday. In fact, today is her birthday. And Richard E. Grant filmed their Christmas tree because himself and his wife and their family were all big, big Christmas fans. And I want to kind of pause for a little while and think of how you... How do you approach the first Christmas without a loved one? Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Quartz 96 FM. And just here I go to Richard E. Grant and uh, the story of, of his wife and how they're remembering her this Christmas. Um, we got this in the last couple of days. I, I, I apologise, Mary. I, I don't know what a swirl card is, but I assume that they are popular. Dear PJ, I bought three swirl cards for my teenage grandchildren. I put €25 Euro on each of them. It cost me five ninety nine for each card, plus another three ninety nine for the privilege. I paid €102.80 Euro in total. Okay, look, it's expensive, I said, but I still thought my teenager grandchildren would love to have them. I paid the money, and before I left the store, they informed me if they wanted to top up the cards, they would then have to pay at least another two euro. Could you please highlight this on your lovely program, says Mary. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to you, Mary. I don't know what a swirl card is, but they certainly seem to be very, very expensive to get one going. So 25 quid credit... And then five ninety nine to buy the actual card, and then it says three ninety nine for the privilege. The privilege of what? Loading it up with credit, having already paid five ninety nine for it. That looks a bit Irish, to say the least. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now Richard E. Grant, the actor, his his wife Joan died uh, fourteen months ago, 
So last Christmas, as you can imagine, would have been a, a write-off in that house. Um, but she died after a very uh, difficult illness and all that. And this year he has taken to celebrating Christmas again. And he himself and his wife both loved Christmas. So too does their daughter, Olivia. And he put a little video up in front of the new Christmas tree that he's put up for 2022 in her absence. And uh, here's what he had to say on that video. It's been very nostalgic to put up our first tree since she died 14 months ago. My daughter and I unpacking all the decorations and gubbins that we've collected over all these decades. But to everyone who's lost someone and going through their first Christmas tree going up, I wish you all the courage that it takes. And while it's sad, it's also incredibly life-enhancing. Yeah. Uh, he had promised Joan uh, as her illness um, got worse that he would find a pocket full of happiness in every day and he said that was his pocket full of happiness on that particular day if you've lost someone uh, this Christmas will it make a difference to your Christmas what do you do when you've lost someone there was a thing that you didn't send Christmas cards there was a thing that you didn't put up the tree uh, or that you didn't even celebrate Christmas at all in the Christmas after a bereavement, no matter what time of the year it was. Um, I know we lost my dad in January of 2018, and we did celebrate Christmas that year. We lost my father-in-law and my mother-in-law in different years, and we celebrated Christmas on each of those years because, well, my father and I love Christmas. My dad enjoyed um, getting together with the family at Christmas. And my mother-in-law always made a fuss out of the, her grandchildren at Christmas time, so we celebrated it. Um, we remember my dad in a particular way every Christmas now in that I told you about all my different Christmas trees. We've three or four of them. And we've one that they used to have, Mom and Dad used to have that in their kitchen. Beautiful old artificial tree that has to be put together piece by piece, you don't just open it up beautiful um, green and white foliage on it now, it's literally a construction project to put it together but it's worth it and we decorate that in the, in, the, in the kitchen and in the middle of it we got I don't know who got it for us but someone got it the first Christmas after da- Dad passed um, it's a, a Christmas tree bauble these are beautiful things, I never even knew you could make them or get them made until obviously one comes to us. Um, he, the beautiful, beautiful Christmas tree bauble with his picture inside in it. So what we do now is we it's the first Christmas tree that goes up in the house every year. This year it was up at the back end of November. And his bauble goes into the middle of it. And that, that's, that's Dad's tree. And uh, it's the first one I turn on every day. And the last one I turn off at night. That's just because of where it is. But that's how we remember him at Christmas. And we'll always have a drink in his memory when we gather. Uh, in my house at Stevens's Day or in one of the other houses, it's Christmas Christmas morning. But what do you do to remember someone who has passed at Christmas? Someone who may maybe died during the course of this year. Um, what do you do? Back and being ready for Christmas. I'll get to Antoinette in just a second. And I got another call on what people do to remember 
others at Christmas. But but uh, are you all set? I mentioned at nine o'clock this morning. You know, some people say, "Oh, I'm all done. I'm all set. I'm sitting back with a mince pie." And then it takes me half an hour to go two hundred yards in Douglas in the car yesterday. Hell no says Adele I did a mad burst back in November then nada had a long list for this week and then got one of those manky winter viruses panic stations ho ho oh that one of those manky winter infections has found its way into our house and poor Queen Bee is not well Uh, hopefully she'll be right as rain again in 24 to 48 hours we got some antibiotics for her yesterday but she's she's not well at all so that one of those things has invaded our house. Speaking of health, and there's a lot of it about, a lot of viruses and a lot of infections and lurgies around, not just the dreaded COVID, but flu and strep and God and all knows what else. Julie reminds us of a scam that is still going around. Could let your listeners know there is a text from the HSE or claiming to be from the HSE saying you're a close contact and to book a test and you may have to pay a fee for that test it looked so real I nearly went into the link but then I went on to the official HSE website and the instructions weren't so strict so I went back into the link in the text once more just to check the details but not enter any of my details and it was a phishing text on my phone, so I blocked the number. That's from Julie. Yeah, there's another one as well that says you're a close contact and you need, you need to buy antigen tests, and that's a racket as well. And I heard of a medical practice, I won't name it now, but I heard of a medical practice in the last few days. I meant to mention this earlier on, but of course, thick as a plank as usual. People calling a medical practice in the last few days, I never heard the like of it you're sick and you want to see a doctor and you've done an antigen test and it's negative and you might even do a second antigen test and it's negative or you might just literally have fallen and hurt your ankle or have something else wrong with you so you call the surgery the medical practice wanting to speak to a doctor and they say to uh, have you COVID symptoms and you say well I've got some kind of a bug, I'm not a doctor, but I've taken two antigen tests and I don't have COVID according to two antigen tests. They're sending you for a PCR before you can see an actual physical doctor in the flesh. You have to have a negative PCR, which sounds crazy because if you have a negative PCR, it'll get you, take you a day to get a PCR then you've got to go and get that PCR. Then you've got to wait another day, day and a half for the test to come back. So by the time you get to actually see a doctor, a physical, actual doctor, you're either an awful lot better if it's not COVID, or you could be a hell of a lot sicker, whatever it is. Just seems very odd that that's happening. 0818 96 96 96. Anyway, Antoinette, you remember both, both you remember Rob on, on the tree and, and your and your nana as well. Morning. Yeah. Uh, morning, PJ. Um yeah, we I actually have I was saying to Amber there, it's the ugliest thing. It's a little Santi. He is the most ugliest thing I have ever seen in my life. But it was my nanny's. Yeah. And I always put it on the tree. Just because like to remember her like when she died, all her 
decorations and stuff was divided between the grandchildren, so we could kind of pick yeah. something out. So I always put it on the tree for all. Yeah. And then we have two hearts. The kids got them the year Robert died. And one says, all I want for Christmas is you. And the other one is Christmas kisses. And they're always front and centre of yeah. our tree. Yeah. That we remember him. You know what I mean? He's, I can't remember how many years ago, <laughs> just dead, yeah. gone. But he's always, always, he'll always still be part of, of course. our family. Of course. So of course. that's our way of remembering, yeah. remembering him at Christmas time. And... Did you? Did he like Christmas, Antoinette? He did. He wasn't a he wasn't a person for gifts or anything like that. But he always made it for the kids. Yeah, yeah. And your nanny um, was she mad on Christmas? Oh, she she was <laughs> she was Christmas mad. Like like my nanny was old school. Um, she walked. She actually walked in Moor Street. Really? Yeah. Uh, she saw chickens. I used to be in there with her. And she actually had three different jobs. She walked in Moor Street in the morning time. Then she went into the plow. It was a pub yeah. in Abbey Street. And she did the lunches there. And then she cleaned houses then in the afternoon. Crikey. Oh, yeah. Like she was she was yeah. some woman. It is a few years now since there was a Moor Street anytime near Christmas. And sure, it's all changed now, big time. Oh, I loved it. Like I used to go in, like school holidays and stuff, I used to go into her. Yeah. Just to help her out, like. Yeah. But know, the atmosphere was just unbelievable, like. We've nothing quite like it. You're in, Cork, you're in Cork a long time now. We've nothing quite like it, have we? No. No, definitely not. Yeah. Like, just the, the the buzz and the excitement and the atmosphere in Moore Street alone. Like, Henry Street, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. But Moore Street itself, like, with the, the old school. Mm-hmm people that sold their fruit and their veg and their fish, like the stall yeah. beside my nanny was the fish stall, the smell of I hate fish, like <laughs> the smell of it was vile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you'd be standing there going, oh, please don't cut that fish, I can't. So she literally, yeah. they were so fresh, like she'd actually gut the fish as you were buying them, like, yeah. and I'd be like, what? <laughs> I couldn't, it was absolutely rotten. Yeah, yeah, But you yeah. know what, they were all fun memories. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And now yeah, you have was, the little Santi. Yeah, as I said, he's ugly. He he did have four on him on his beard, obviously, and the four around the the sleeves. But because it's so old, yeah, that's all gone. So like, I think it died with my nanny. So it's it's slowly, slowly deteriorating yeah. over the years. Yeah. But like, as long as I'm alive, it'll always, always be on my tree. Yeah. Just yeah. in whole memory. Yeah, there's always a little decoration in a house that goes back years and years and years and years. Yeah. Oh. Well, I have like stuff myself as well, and mm. um, that I bought when, like, when I moved out of home. I just worn it Santa on a sleigh, obviously with the reindeers, but it kind of the reindeer looks like they're fine. Yeah. And I take that out. Nobody's allowed to touch it. Mm. Or you put it away. It's like, do not touch that because it's so sentimental to me. Yeah, you know, and I just like the kids won't even look at it. Never mind touch it. No, like that's mom's. That's mom's job. That's mommy's. Yeah, to no take one, that out. Like no one touches it. Come here. I 
I meant to, but I, mean, I know I was missing you and we said we'd chat now that I have an opportunity and maybe, maybe do it again after Christmas. You, you took Katie to see Dr. Paley in, in Poland and the news is good. He can put things right, which is brilliant. Yeah. But you've got to go to Florida and there's mega bucks involved. Yeah, there's telephone numbers. Yeah. Remind people again what's about, you've been out with me dozens of times, but people who might not know, how old is she and what's she got? What's her problem? Okay, she's now 16. She's not a baby anymore. No. Um, she has cerebral palsy. Mm. And what I thought was just a dislocated hip, but it's not just dislocated. Um, her, the ball and socket and the femur bone has completely twisted yeah. inwards. Yeah. So, like, if you, you know, like, the shape of a ball and socket is, is a C shape. Yeah. Well, Katie's, like, if a C, a backward C is your yeah. ball and socket. Never, Katie's drawn to the complete opposite way. It's never going to fit the way it is. and No. No. So this we basically one, this have wonderful to, doctor can fix it. Yeah. And do you know what? He, we were over there. He, I have never seen an assessment like it. Mm. He was 25 minutes pulling and dragging and twisting Katie's leg this way and that way and the other. Yeah. But and you, you know and when he's when looking he, at the shape of her feet. Yeah. When he turns around and says to you, I can do it. But I was saying to him, like, doctors here are, like, they're saying she's too weak. And he just said, I do this every day. He said, to me, he said, this is like drinking a cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, whatever. You know, he said, I can fix it. I can help her. Yeah. Um, And, like, Katie herself went, like, Katie's like me. She holds it all together. And as soon as Dr. Paley left the room, she burst into tears. Yeah. With relief that somebody is finally listening to us well, and somebody will help her. But you got to raise a lot of cash. And I promise you, Antoinette, we'll talk about this again. And I'll help you. I'll do something for you. I promise you here and now. And yeah, I know so we know good. each other a long time. I'll do a quiz or something for you. But you got to put a lot of cash together for this. Yeah, we have to, in total, including flights, accommodation, physio when she comes home because she's not going to get it here. So I have to make sure that she has... There's no point in me bringing her to surgery if she's not going to have physio when she comes home. Yeah. Because, like, she'd be over there for six weeks. She can't put the weight on her leg for six weeks. She has to learn how to walk all over again. Mm. So in total, we need to raise three hundred thousand euro. Now I know I need to get a heart attack when I opened the email. It was just like, oh my god, how am I going to do this? Well, like other than robbing a bank, America. there are other ways. So yeah, there is other ways. There is easier ways. <laughs> we, we, you know, I, look, Antonis, I please. We will we will talk again. People like regular listeners to the opinion line have followed Katie's life. I think. I think they know me for years. More than and, I know myself. And they know stage. and they know you, uh, and they know we're pals. And I, I pledge this to you: if I can do nothing else for you, I'll do an event for you at some stage during 2023 to see if we can't raise a few. Yeah, so good. All right. Yeah. Look after yourself. Happy Christmas to the All family right. and Happy to everyone. Happy Christmas to you and yours.
take care. All right, that's that's that. We'll we'll sort something for that. I don't know what we'll do. I don't know what we'll do, but we'll. I won't rob a bank, but we'll do something. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. A quiz or something. A big music quiz. Something. We'll do something in twenty twenty three. We'll involve. I'll get stuck into it. Right to the this incredible B and B in in Skibbereen that that um, Daniel Donnell loved it and the wife when they stayed and Mona Best the Mrs. Claus of Skibbereen the stories about you are legendary there's a big piece in the echo about you morning good morning greetings from the bridge house Skibbereen is Mrs. Claus in residence this is Mrs. Claus here in full regard and in her residence good and the preparations for Christmas are flying they're flying. I think we've we're all done. I hope at this stage. But is a woman's job ever done? No, <laughs> no. I'm so looking forward to Christmas. Really, everything is good. Yeah, it's it's a no. it's a very special B and B that you run. Tell me about it. Well, to me, it's not special, but to other people, it seems special. It's quirky. Uh, for me, what is is it quirky? Is uh, it's like my stage, really? You know, there's mannequins popping up all over the place. It changes weekly. You never know what I, I never know myself what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Have you done up for Christmas? But people in oh God, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of Christmas trees. They, even the mannequins are dressed up as Mrs. Claus and Mr. Claus. Uh, for me, I suppose it's not a business, really. It's my life. It's my stage, you know? Mm. You're not open over the Christmas. You'll obviously take a break, will you? No, no, no. I'm going to the big smoke for Christmas. Cork City. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yes. I'll have to put on, put on my posh accent. <laughs> I'm going to Black Rock and Ballantemple for Christmas. Oh, yeah. I have family living there. Reggie will be over to check. Any interesting guests in the course of the past year? Yes, I've had quite a lot, but I tend to kind of have client confidentiality. <laughs> Go on. The most anyone as famous <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. anyone as famous as Daniel and Magella. Oh, God, yes, 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 sure. But I actually prefer not to go down that avenue and drop names. Right. For me, really, everybody's the same as such, really, You're, you know? Everybody's the same. Tis a politician you should be. Tell me, tell me, tell me, though, Mona, about being Mrs. Claus. How long have you been doing that? Oh, Jesus, I'm doing it about 20 years now. It's the Zimmer frame I'll be going in at next. Rather than the back of the sleigh. <laughs> what, what, what do you like about because it? She, oh, it's a magical time. It's lovely. It's just even getting dressed up for it and getting into the costume, which I love go, going into costume anyhow. Mm. Uh, and you, oh, dear. Oh. Um, and just seeing all the faces and the beautiful, innocent kids, you know? Yeah. And they're having little letters and little we presents and stuff it's just magical it's worth every minute of of it you know I actually look forward to it and I'd be very disappointed if I didn't get asked by the uh, 
junior chamber each year. But I think I'm there now. I'm an unpaid Mrs. Close, <laughs> but I love doing it. Good, good, good. Come here. Yeah. We're only talking there to yeah. the last couple of callers about uh, decorations. You're collecting decorations at the house and you're a big fan. Any particular decorations that are special to you? Uh, on the- no, not really, actually. No, there wouldn't be. Yeah, I would make a lot of my own decoration because I'd be quite a... Oh, yeah, I'd be quite a creative person, you know? And uh, I do a lot of art as well, so I would have done in the past. What, 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 you, what kind of things would you make? But, yeah, Oh, I just, it just comes together, you know? Whatever, I go out and get ivy and blocks of wood and mm. it's just, I like the natural look, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you bake? Yeah. But again, Christ- I would, pardon? Do you bake for Christmas? No, I used to bake, but right. not anymore. Mrs. Claus is too busy now <laughs> with her grandchildren as well. How many grandchildren does Mrs. Claus have? I have six. Six, Six beautiful grants. Yeah, right. absolutely lovely. So, did you ever hear a granny saying they weren't? Lo- she hadn't lovely grandchildren. Of course, of course, yeah, of course. And 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 yeah, are they are, miss- are they they're in Black Rock? Are they? Yeah, yeah. There are so, uh, four so... of them in Black Rock and two here in Skibreen right. who live near Lockine. So Christmas morning, I will go and visit those my their twins actually Theo and Jesse right. and I will visit them Christmas morning and of course they'll be looking forward to seeing Granny but I know it's seeing Granny for the presents. Ah, Mrs. Claus of course of has to come. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. And then down near Lock Yes, and I'll sit in my Rolls Royce and drive up to Cork <laughs> and join the other family then. <laughs> come here, do people... Mona, do people swim in Loch Ine on Christmas Day? Oh, yes, yes. Actually, my son and daughter-in-law, they will be swimming there Christmas morning. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. But um, poor Mrs. Claus is too old now. <laughs> she, can't, she can't do that. She can't even swim anyhow. Yeah, I had to swim in Loch Ine in September for my first time ever, and there there, there will be a second. Really? But I don't Beautiful think, place, I, I don't think I'd chance Christmas morning somehow. <laughs> I know, but we have a magical swim in uh, uh, Tregumna as well. Yeah. That's in, on behalf of the Rowan Club of Skibreen. Of course, we don't have to, we know what the Rowan Club of Skibreen is all about. Mm. Our heroes. Mm. Mm. So and the, you know, yeah. yeah. Go on. Sorry. No, I'm going to ask you, are you going to, what are you going to be up to for Christmas? Well, I tell you, I'm finished. Well, you can see us. I can. Yeah, I'm finished work here on Friday, yeah. and Christmas Eve, and Christmas Day, and Stevens's Day. We just spend with family, watch telly, lovely, and spend lovely. with family, and have the dinner, and and chill out, and chill out Beautiful. completely. And I'm off then till till January. But tell me, will will Mrs. Yeah. Has Mrs. Claus any more work to do now before she um, finishes up and goes for the dinner on the day and goes down to? I have some guests coming all right uh, tomorrow night actually from Germany I think they're visiting people in uh, Cape Clear I think actually and uh, that will be my work will be done apart from going out meeting some friends for lunch and maybe having dinner and so on so uh, but that's what it's about me Christmas is a time uh, and being very much aware of uh, you know, there's a lot of lonely people yes. at Christmas who have lost uh, 
people, friends, bereavement yeah, and we've family. we've been talking about that, actually, yeah. Oh, it's gone. A lot of lonely people. Yeah, in fact, we just lost her there. Mrs. Claus from Skibbereen. Uh, Mona Best. Uh, yeah, we had a few more like that. Dee had a little message for us on WhatsApp, too. The first Christmas that was going to be without my sister, I fell apart inside in the city when I heard the singing outside Brown Thomas and then the memory tree, rosary tree with the yellow ribbons. But yet it was the most comforting thing ever. So this year, right, there's somebody I know that can't get into the city and I asked her for a list of the people who belong to her that have passed away. So I'm going to, I told her I would do that for her. And I think it's lovely that we should ask if we're going into the city and so many people on their own, that their people are no longer with them. And I think the thought of having a ribbon on the tree is comforting enough for some. So she was so happy when I said that I will um, break down the names of the people belong to her, separate to my own, and get them put up on the tree. That's lovely. And the rotary tree, we were talking to Tom Woodward last week, the rotary tree will be there until Christmas Eve. And it is, was in Saturday evening, it is festooned. It's just gorgeous. Hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands at this stage of yellow ribbons with names of loved ones on them. And then the lights of the tree set the whole lot off. It's beautiful. Bernie says, to remember people at Christmas, I put up their pictures and put battery operated candles, can't be too safe, in front of them. It's a lovely way and we're going we're calling on line four you say Fergal hi good morning to you uh, uh, good morning this is Mona and Mrs. Claus oh very good very and good. we lost each other there. we did we did and you wanted yeah. to come back to me I just wanted to come back to you and say you know Christmas for me as well is a time for sharing and caring very good you know, this is what it should be about and uh, about all the misplaced people who have uh, arrived in Skibreen and they made feel very welcome. Yes. And uh, this is what it's all about. And after all this now, chatting to you, when you're ready to let me go, I'm going to have a tequila. A tequila? I need it after talking to you. It's... I've been so excited all morning. I even hadn't time to have my breakfast. It's only 5 to 12, woman. I know, but the candle nerves, PJ, oh no, is that PJ? Yeah. And you're... Tequila? <laughs> <laughs> be careful, be careful, West, be careful, West Cork. Mrs. Claus is on the tequila slammers. Oh, help us. <laughs> Program edited by Emer O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. I don't think we can beat that. See you tomorrow just after nine. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Happy holidays. With your local mace, savings with a smile all through the Christmas season. My favourite message of the week. He just reminded me of a story there when I was about 16. Growing up in Ballincollig, there was this Ballincollig newsletter, Ross, if I remember that. There'd be jobs advertised in the back of it. We were looking for jobs and uh, there was a job advertised for a lady to do some light housework. And uh, one of the girls growing up in this day says, I never knew Ballincollig had a light house. <laughs> <laughs> Casey and Ross in the morning.
and Ross in the morning. You can now order your 231 electric Skoda Enyaq from No DC Cars. Skoda sales dealer of the year. Exclusively Skoda in the city. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.